what an introduction. Right? I, you know, and I can't get over the fact that that was Brian May and Roger Taylor, all, all just for uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Hey, I'm Nigel Rabbit. With me is uh, Will Riggs. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, Five Star Phil can't be with us tonight. He, uh, he's he got some, uh, well, he's got some pressing business. And uh, so uh, our uh, producer, engineer, uh, boss. Extraordinary. Ex- extraordinary. He does everything. He does everything. And uh, we try to blame him for it. And then it ends up coming out good. So we can't really get mad at him for it. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, I, I I try and make it sound like that's remarkable, but it, it's it's really not. It's just unfortunately. I'm just a trade. jack. I'm a jack of all trades. I do a lot of things. You uh, do a lot. I of things. produce. I you know look. Uh, I've been a musician, so uh, actually we used to have a Queen song in our set. We used to do a crazy little thing called Love. Actually, you, the back back when I was in, in in school, the show choir, crazy little thing called Love was actually one of uh, one of the solos that I got to do. So yeah, it's always good. Uh, that all love that, it. That's actually a, a crazy little thing called was it Love. Like a is schoolboys choir or what's to do with that? No, no, it was you wore uh, robes or anything. No, no, no. Actually, I I wore a leather jacket and uh, uh, you know, black jeans and I can t-shirt. respect that. I, you know, so very, basically, the same very, attire you wore here tonight. Almost, almost, almost exactly. The jeans were the jeans were black then. These are blue, and oh. and I'm not. I, I my shirt didn't have Queen written all over it. Uh, but no, uh, we'll be going over a crazy little thing called Love. Uh, actually, uh, March 11th. Uh, that'll be the game album. Uh, but uh, enough of the future. We are going to talk about uh, the present. Well, the present talking about the past. Hmm, imagine that. Uh, so, uh, before we go any uh, any further, of course, here we are at the Young Ideas Studios. Uh, but I wanted to announce our uh, our, our new sponsor, uh, Bill's Records at thirteen seventeen South Lamar uh, Street in Dallas, Texas seven five two one five. Or you can phone up Bill at two one four four two one one five zero zero. Bill is probably if there was a godfather uh, of vinyl long play albums in Dallas uh, in Dallas Fort Worth it would be Bill Weisner at Bill's Records and Tapes uh, Bill has uh, moved from his uh, is North Dallas location now off of uh, Lamar Street and it's a veritable treasure trove I you go in and you you go in looking for one thing you come out with like two dozen other things it's kind of like going to Walmart but only f- with awesome records and not not the not the bane of the earth's existence right I got you, you know, I mean because you know I mean, his, his, his CDs actually have profanity in them well, oh, hey, so hey, how about that now Bill's records and tapes like seriously I used to buy albums like I used to tell you back in the day I had you know that's how old I am is that I had an actual record player. Uh, I actually have a Victrola right now. The funny thing is, Nigel and I have the same exact Victrola, only in different colors. Absolutely. I love the Victrolas as well. They play, and it's really cool because it, it it's digital and things like that. And you can actually hook it up via USB and record off your... Have you done that yet? No, I, I, I haven't. I just, I just put stuff. the I love to do on. that because you can hear the vinyl. Look, nothing is awesome as the clicks and pops in a vinyl record. You know, I love it. It, 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 it does add something to the, the warmth of what you're listening to. Uh, actually, uh, Bill's Records is the first place that I actually got my hands on the Mr. Bad Guy vinyl uh, by Freddie Mercury, where I got my hands on uh, Fun in Space, both the vinyl and the CD from Roger Taylor, and the CD for Roger Taylor's Strange Frontier. So, uh, Bill has been uh, formative in my, uh, in, in my music enjoyment uh, as I was coming into my own. So, uh, definitely recommend anybody go ahead, take a look at Bill's Records and Tapes. Again, that's uh, 1317 South Lamar Street in Dallas. Uh, I, you know, 
Billy would even love love a chant. Uh, he and I talked for probably about a good forty five minutes to an hour. Uh, Nigel is the king of Southern goodbyes, by the way. It, absolutely. And I'm really good at it, too. So, literally, Nigel and I were saying goodbye for about 45 minutes the other night after he called me about Bill's records and tapes. Absolutely. No, it was brilliant. And, you know, we can also uh, you can also find us now on, uh, not just on, on True Texas Radio, but we're now on... Uh, we're now on on Twitter. What are you doing? I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying, trying to find to... the best place because now, right what are you there. What can do with it from that point though? You well, can just hold it there all night. I don't think that's a good idea. It's no, really not. It's... Your arm is going to get really sore holding that tripod. So yeah, uh, we're also we're also uh, broadcasting live right now on Periscope. On Periscope. On Periscope. On Twitter. A all uh, the Queensman. A T Q M underscore on air. <laughs> I had to spell it out in my head. All right, so, um, but you see. can follow Nigel at Nigel Rabbit and me at the Will Riggs. Uh, five Star Phil is at Five Star uh, Phil One. Five Star Phil One. Uh, he'll be back next week, so you don't have to listen to me talk as much. Uh, but Nigel, Sheer Heart Attack was Queen's third album. Uh, met critical acclaim. It did. Uh, it did. And it's been called. Uh, that is listed on a thousand and one albums you must hear before you die. Uh, I actually spent the whole day listening to this at the house today, the whole album. Did, would you were you listening to the uh, remaster release? The remastered version, obviously. Um, because that's what we're going to play on the show. Right. Uh, for me, like, of course, the two songs that stand out are the, probably the two most popular songs on it are Killer Queen mm-hmm. uh, and Stone Cold Crazy. Uh, Stone Cold Crazy to me, for the longest time, I thought it was somebody else, not Queen. Right, no. And then I found out it was Queen. I was like, are you kidding me? Because it sounds totally different from all the other songs on the album. Well, one of the the, the interesting thing, and we'll get to uh, more of it, but uh, Stone Cold Crazy is, is, is defined as being thrash metal before the terminology thrash metal existed. Uh, it, it was also, amusingly enough, very popularly covered and, and got radio play as a B-side from Metallica for the Inner Sandman single. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Is like I always thought, man, that was a, that's a great song by Metallica. Right. And then I find out, what? It was Queen, get out of town. I feel uneducated. But now I've ed- been educated, so... <laughs> right, okay. I, yeah, but I mean, we were discussing earlier, uh, earlier today just the sheer amount of quality covers that exist for Queen. So, you know, that, that's, I think, one of the best bits. When we get to Killer Queen, we need to send out a link. When we get to Killer, which is the second track on the album, by the way, to the band that Nigel will tell you about it because y'all are going y'all are going to totally judge us for thinking this is great because of the band that did it. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're going to get judged hardcore. Yeah, no, but definitely. but we're going to share it with you, and I'll actually tweet out the link to it because you're going to hear it and go, "What? This is what band doing this is amazing." Because I thought the same thing. I was like, "This is really good." Well, that's one of the things that's actually uh, I really have appreciated over the last probably like five ten years as being a Queen fan is we start we've started to see some really quality covers, not just like a collection of guys from separate bands forming a super band. We've actually had uh, we've actually had bands like you know I mean Panic at the Disco did Bohemian Rhapsody for the Suicide Squad soundtrack, which I walked into that going, oh, this is going to be terrible. Even though Panic at the Disco is by no stretch a bad band, but they performed Bohemian Rhapsody and I went alright alright I'm not I, I can't hate it it's right. not possible it was great. to hate it it was, a, it was a lovely job so uh, but uh, let's just let's talk real quick about the album right so uh, after Queen 2 was released uh, Queen started a promotional tour with none other than Mott the Hoople um, uh, Mott the Hoople most of, most people go okay who's Mott the Hoople do you remember by any chance watching uh, Clueless 
with Alicia Silverstone. And I do. This, I, there's I, this, I fondly remember watching. <laughs> what? What happened? I, there's this. There's this sequence in the movie where she's walking into high school and she's you know thinking about how terrible high school boys are. And, and while she's doing that, uh, there's this song playing as she's like you know examining all of these these you know so-called young men. And she's just sitting there just talking about how terrible it is and how terrible they are. And the song that's playing in the background is Mott the Hoople's All the Young Dudes. All the Young Dudes. And written, actually, by David Bowie. I can probably tell you that while I was watching Clueless, I was not paying Listening attention to the music, the music yeah, in the no. background. The only, matter of fact, the only song I remember from that movie, right? you know what it is? No. Rolling with the homie. And I feel really old Damn. now that I shut up. Keep it moving. Anyway, so anyway, <laughs> uh, Queen went on a promotional <laughs> tour with Mott the Hoople, uh, and they were as they were a support act. This was their first tour of the United States, uh, and uh, uh, Freddie would re- reportedly say, "Being support is one of the most traumatic experiences of my life." But the tour was cut short because Brian May took ill uh, and was required to be hospitalized. Apparently, Brian Mill had come down with hepatitis thanks to dirty immunization needles for their t- uh, trip to Australia. Believe it, but can you believe that? The, the distance that we have come in medical awareness is remarkable. I know. I think back as, you know, Nigel and I are in the wrestling business together. I just think back to 1984 when we could have had, you know, David Von Erich could have just got a shot before he went to Japan. Yeah. And he would have lived a long and healthy life. And that yeah. makes me sad. You know, God, re- God rest David. Because uh, yeah. I mean, in that case, you stop me thinking about it. That's that for, for I mean for the wrestling fans. Uh, that's a uh, that that's where everything kind of started pinwheeling for for the, the whole family. family. Yeah, it's very sad. Uh, but uh, um, much of. Uh, sheer heart attack was written while Brian May was hospitalized. Uh, they uh, the band would go ahead and leave spots for May to record his solos uh, during uh, his hospital stay. The first single from uh, the album, Killer Queen, and it reached number two on the British charts, twelve on the U.S. charts, and is considered one of the best albums the band have ever reached, and an uh, or the best albums the band has ever released, and is considered the essential glam rock album so if you're into glam ditch the gary glitter pedophile jokes aside and listen to queen's uh sheer heart attack and actually killer queen when they talk about it in the movie but that was a real deal the killer queen was so successful as a single that when they got the second album out or the next album out which we'll talk about next week mm-hmm. which obviously is a night, night of the opera. opera um there was a huge battle on what the single should be off the album, and it was a big deal. Oh yeah, big, you know, Killer Killer Queen. Actually, the number of the number of interesting singles that came from this because uh, Killer Queen uh, wasn't the only single released quote first because it was double sided with Flick of the Wrist, which was an interesting little track that Queen had uh, put together uh, as a trilogy. Everything segued uh, from uh, the first track into Flick of the Wrist into the last track, uh, much like what was done with uh, the uh, Queen 2 album with uh, March of the Black Queen and, and uh, Ogre Battle and several other tracks. Just everything kind of blended together. Um, the album was recorded, believe it or not, in two weeks. Took them two weeks to record. It seems like it took them two weeks just to record like different parts of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> it just seems like that... You know, the sequence in the movie, though, also, I mean, there's legend, and we'll, I mean, we'll talk a lot about that next week. Well, we'll, we'll talk more about the movie, actually, on the 11th of February. We'll talk a little bit about it next week, but the 11th of February is when we're actually going to uh, 
talk about the actual film. And just so you guys know, on the 11th of February, Nadja and I will probably be pretty tired because we have a show the day before. <laughs> we, 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 we will we have be. to work all day. Well, and, but the nice, the nice part about that is, is uh, on the 11th, we'll also have uh, we'll have Phil here with us, yeah. and we'll have uh, BC the Jersey Jackass. All so the right, Jersey BC Jackass the Jersey Jackass will be joining us. us for us. Yeah, uh, but. Um, so you know, May May was in and out of the hospital first with the hepatitis, and then he was actually in the hospital because of uh, uh, because of an ulcer. Uh, they recorded the album in four different studios, which is unusual because anybody who's been paying attention to the show or knows Queen history knows that they've been at Trident Studios, with the exception of their demo recording, this entire time. Every album, uh, every bit of the first two albums were recorded uh, in Trident. Well, except for when night comes down, because well. The night comes down was uh, was a superior recording at the uh, Delane Lee Studios, uh, but uh, the four different studios were Trident, Air, Rockfield, and Wessex Sound. Uh, John Deacon was added to writing credits with, uh, on the album, which makes Sheer Heart Attack the very first Queen album to include the entire band as uh, as the uh, writers on the uh, album, and it also happens to be the very first album in which all members receive credit for writing a single song. Uh, it was a noticeable shift away from the progressive rec- rock themes. Sheer Heart Attack is categorized as hard rock and glam. So if you're anyone who's been paying attention to uh, everything previous, this is not going to sound like uh, like any of the, I guess, oh, uh, not harder, but um, uh, more classic rock sound that we've been hearing from Queen 1 and Queen 2. Now, uh, as Will mentioned, uh, it's all, Sheer Heart Attack is on the list of 1,001 albums you must hear before you die. Uh, according to uh, the uh, British publication Classic Rock, uh, it ranked as number 28 in the 100 greatest British rock albums ever. Uh, it is in the list of 200 greatest albums of the 70s. Uh, from Kerrang! Uh, magazine, it was number 8 in the 100 best British rock albums ever. And their 100 greatest rock albums ever in uh, 2000. Well, the first one. That's was greatest rock, as in all, yeah, all, all not, greatest, just not, British, not just British, everywhere. Rock. All, yeah, all rock and, albums. And that was uh, that was 45 out of 100. Uh, from uh, the magazine Mojo uh, in 2002, uh, 100 greatest guitar albums. It ranked at uh, 72. All right, I have a question. Yes. In the list of 100 greatest rock albums ever, how many of those top 100 belong to Queen? I would say easily four, maybe five. And the reason, to go, I want to get the whole list. Yeah, we need it. We need. We'll, we'll get the list for you. We'll get because the list for I, you. I want to know. I want to know how many of those in there because Queen is to me phenomenally the, the greatest rock band of all the time. Absolutely. And, and and if they're not, Freddie Mercury definitely number one on the uh, on the top of the list of greatest rock singers ever. And I know people argue, uh, you know, great goat, uh, greatest of all time is is so. What's the word I'm looking for? Starts with SS. Anyway, you guys know it's uh, <laughs> know what I'm talking about. But, Showman, huh? Showman starts with no. Us. It's a uh, it's up to your individual tastes. Say that. So because <laughs> I, <laughs> because uh, you know in my top five subjective. So, there you go. Thank you. That's I told you. Started with S. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, you're always going to get Led Zeppelin up there. Yes, fantastic band. Great band. Uh, always going to get Aerosmith in there. Um, Very good. You're, band. you're always going to get Queen. Uh, Journey to me is one of the. I mean, look, Steve Perry uh, was phenomenal. Uh, so you're always going to get those bands in your top five. Almost. Almost always exclusively those top five bands. How you put them up there, 
we should talk about the upper echelon, the top echelon of rock bands ever. Queen's never not in the conversation. Should 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 always be. Should always. always. Oh yeah. I mean, because they're they're bands that have paved the way uh, for for Queen. Bands that have been labeled as some of the greatest bands ever. But the simplest fact of the matter is, is that they had a lot of great things going from but they did not manage to be the cross cultural appeal so widespread so amazing i mean to give you to give you folks an idea i, I took my 79 uh, year old father to go see bohemian rhapsody after having a a, a pleasant uh, disagreement <laughs> not really an argument but pleasant disagreement about the fact of he's telling me son i don't like the uh, i don't like the music i've been listening to you play their albums for years and years and i just don't like it and uh, uh thankfully mum mum overrode and said i, I want to see the story i want to yeah so we watched the movie when he came out of the film he's like i did not realize a- exactly how talented they were how, how much good music they actually had so when you can cross generational gaps like that when i mean my dad listens to classical music and not that that's a bad thing i love classical music but that's kind of you know I, I walk into his office and he's got you know uh, a, a a mandolin you know concerto that's been looping for like four hours uh, from YouTube. <laughs> he goes and finds these they're beautiful pieces, but uh, that's that's my dad's speed. And yet Queen managed to at least get him to go from saying, "Oh, I don't like this," to, "Okay, all right." It's not my bag, but it's 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 not bad. It's a lot of good music. They did so many innovative things to get oh. certain sounds out of what they wanted into their music that it's you know a lot of players. Oh, we're just gonna get up here. We're gonna play this and this, this, this and that's great. As right. a musician, I can I can get with that. But when you're recording and you know if you've seen the movie. You know, all the everything you saw in there, look, I'm going to tell you right now, as far as the putting the change on the drums and the water and all the different things they use to make different sounds and the spinning the microphones around, that's real stuff that really happened. Well, I, I, I and one of the things I really wish that they had dealt with, but because the film was so heavily dealing with, uh, with dealing with, uh, the band's journey and not so much the band's overall creativeness is people don't realize what kind of a mind Dr. Brian May and I say doctor because he's a doctor in astrophysics for those of you who don't oh, know astro astrophysics as in you know what, what was it that Freddie said in the movie that makes you the clever one yeah I guess it does <laughs> now Dr. Brian May would te- would would use coins as guitar picks to experiment what different sounds he was talking I forget which interview it was I, I think it was the interview uh, that was on the uh, Queen collection where uh, uh, the the green box set that had uh, greatest hits in classic Queen here stateside uh, and uh, uh, on there is he was talking about I was experimenting with different coins to get different cello sounds and cello like sounds out of the guitar out of his bloody guitar the man's a genius, and he's done so many things, and he made his guitar, and the movie didn't even touch on that. That was the part that made me saddest, is no one once mentioned the Red Special, but we'll talk more about that. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later. But, I mean, we're talking about a band that, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the list of accolades here. Now, I you know, in, in the top 1,000 albums of all times from, from Virgin Magazine, they ranked 492 uh, of top all-time albums. Top 1,000. I mean, they they made the upper half. That's amazing, you know. In the in the, and when you listen to the album, you'll understand why I find this next one incredible. Of the uh, top five hundred rock and metal albums of all time from Germany, this album ranks three hundred and eighth. That is incredible that it ranked three hundred and eighth. Because listen to this album. There's only what two. 
three really hard rocking maybe really maybe three feeling. this just really depends on how you look at it. there's yeah. two definitely three is subjective see but, now we're gonna use that word right it's yeah, all subjective. subjective is always yeah but uh we're gonna go ahead and start right off we're going to play uh this selection uh first track of the album if you remember uh if you remember from last week's show uh this is uh gonna have mixed in with all the carnival sounds you're gonna hear someone whistling oh i do like to be beside the seaside this one is called Brighton Rock. Thank you. 
And that was Brighton Rock, written by Brian May, was never made a single. Uh, it was written during the Queen 2 sessions, but it was not recorded because it did not fit within the theme of the album. Uh, they also uh, wanted to kind of make sure that as they were recording it, they didn't, uh, they, they wanted to have uh, everything taken care of nice and smooth, kind of like when they were doing... Uh, uh, was it March of the Black Queen for Queen 2 uh, contains May's signature solo that was normally played during uh, Son and Daughter during their live concerts in the early days uh, and was later in part used in the closing ceremony of the 2012 Summer Olympics in London it's considered to be one of May's finest solos ranking number 41 in the world's or in Guitar World's 100 graded greatest guitar solos of all times and it was used during the climactic action scene in the film Baby Driver uh, in 2017 so if you're a fan of Baby Driver and you're not really that that, uh, much of an aficionado on Queen and you heard that you went oh that sounds familiar that's why so um, now what we're going to do we're going to play for you uh, the greatest hit for Queen of uh, of the time Uh, and uh, this is the one that got them uh, on top of the pops Let's go ahead and listen to Killer Queen. She keeps a moist chandel in a pretty cabinet. Anthony Cake, she says, just like Marie Antoinette. Building a remedy for Chris Job and Kennedy. And it's an imitation you can't take. Caviar cigarettes, well-versed in etiquette. Extraordinarily nice. She's a killer queen. She never kept the same address In conversation She spoke just like a baroness Middleman from China With time to get your mind up Then again incidentally She was a She couldn't care less, fastidious and precise She's a killer, queen, gunpowder, gelatine Dynamite with a laser beam, guaranteed to blow your mind
Talk about a beautiful song. I mean, and that was there at, at a time when, uh, at a time when, when you've got Rolling Stones, you've got uh, David Bowie, you, you've got uh, Led Zeppelin uh, uh, making their uh, making. At this point, Led Zeppelin is a uh, is a mainstay of the music community. Uh, you've got this racing up the charts. Uh, it was a double sided with flick of the wrist, uh, and uh, Freddie Mercury wrote the lyrics prior. To uh, writing the melody and the music, which was a different uh, different tact for it. Oh yeah, I, I forgot to mention. Written by Freddie Mercury, uh, was a single uh, as I mentioned. Uh, made it to uh, chart position two in the UK charts, as I mentioned earlier. Made it all the way to twelve in the United States. Uh, it was performed on top of the pops when it became successful uh, and uh, the performance and filming of uh, the top of the pops performance is actually what uh, became the uh, uh, first video for the song as a matter of fact you go to youtube right now and you look up killer queen that's the video that you see their top of the pops performance um mercury won his first ivor novello award for the song uh, it was a b-side with who wants to live forever when who wants to live forever is released in uh, about 1986 i love that song oh, rainy uh, actually rainy came uh came home rainy is my daughter she's 18 she's a huge queen fan uh, actually we're gonna have her on absolutely uh, to help with the show here in the near future because she's a major queen fan um who wants to live forever? And then she came home the other day and she said, Dad, I think I may have a new favorite Queen song. I was like, okay, what is it? And I was expecting her to, you know, one of the ones. But uh, show must go on. She loved it. And that's a great time. I'm like, look, you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> when, when I was doing, when I was actively doing live theater, before I'd go on stage uh, for the first time of the night, uh, before the play started, I would uh, uh, sit in the back and listen to show must go on. Uh, it was actually um, it's actually written as a bit of a, a love letter to the band and encouraging them to continue their career even after he passed. Uh, so beautiful, beautiful behind that. But <clears throat> as, as we said, B side to Who Wants to Live Forever. Now this was the thing that that uh, Will's going to go ahead and tweet out uh, the uh, uh, tweet out this cover, but. In promotions for Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, the Universal Music Group had three artists cover three separate Queen songs. And as we come to the Queen songs, we'll include those as a part of the show, uh, or at least talking about it as a part of the show. Who knows? Maybe maybe if we've got time at the end of this one, maybe we'll play it, uh, because it is rather lovely. Uh, But Five Seconds of Summer covered the song. I know. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. So we played it, and I was like... Not bad. They've they've received a lot of praise uh, for uh, uh, being as honest and true to the original as possible. I mean, uh, as as we've mentioned, you know, there's a lot of bands who have done a lot of covers. Uh, some and you know, you can tell a great cover. A great cover is when either the band takes the song and makes it completely their own, or when the band takes it and makes it as close to the original as possible, just with you know their own uh, vocal stylings or, or what have you. You know, like for example. Um, uh, frighteningly enough, Alice Cooper's cover of Eleanor Rigby is one of the greatest covers I've ever heard. Uh, likewise, is uh, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, Typo Negative's cover of Cinnamon Girl, or even uh, the most amazing, I think, Queen cover that exists. Uh, we'll talk about that when we talk about News of the World, but uh, Get Down, Make Love, covered by Nine Inch Nails. Um, so, I mean, Killer Queen was just absolutely I- I- exceptional. Now, uh, we're going to play for you a, 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 a trilogy because we don't want to break these songs up. Uh, they are uh, uh, absolutely gorgeous. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and play uh, uh, the uh, straight trilogy that uh, we've got here. We'll tell you about them afterwards. 
I we're s- just testing you oh you know what it is i had them in there right they just went in alphabetically so i was like why did they go in alphabetically so it's yeah but just tell them it's tenement funster t- it's a tenement tenement funster flick, flick of, of the, the wrist, wrist and lily of the valley which uh, i believe we were getting a flick of the wrist right there yeah we we're getting yeah, yeah that's what we're yeah we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the the tracks afterwards though. there we go but- stop 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 doing that. That's what I want. Okay. Ladies and now gentlemen, technical it. difficulty. No, it's just will difficulties. We'll go with this. My new purple shoes. Been amazing to people next door. And my rock and roll 45. Been enraging your folks. On the love floor I got away with the girls on my block Trying my best to be a real individual Some kind of ritual 
to flick of the wrist and uh, lily of the valley uh i love they just all go together yeah and that's yeah, <clears throat> it's genius it, it's it's i i i love it but at the same time when i was younger and uh I, i'm one of those guys i used to uh i, I find a song i like and i'd loop it and lily of the valley was one of those ones i just absolutely loved and the thing that drove me crazy about it is it had a definite ending but not a definite beginning because of the way that the uh the, the way that the the music and uh, you're always like why does it do that and right. then you go, oh. oh, so you know, to, to make me play more, more of the songs. That's, yeah. that's my thought. That's genius. But uh, uh, Ten Minute Funster was written by Roger Taylor, never turned into a single. Uh, and it was uh, the, uh, the the one uh, contributing uh, vocals, or not contributing vocals, it's, it's the one in which uh, Taylor was the uh, uh, main vocalist for the song. Uh, Flick of the Wrist uh was turned into a single written by freddie mercury uh was a double side a with killer queen so by that virtue went to number two uh mercury never explains who the subject of the song might be but i'll i'll tell you my supposition and i was telling will about this my supposition is is that he's talking about the uh management uh, at trident studios and, and neptune management uh because of uh lines like uh seduce you uh, with his money make machine reduce you to a music make machine it sounds like he's talking about the fact that uh, neptune uh, uh, neptune management was really 
uh, really, really are working the band very hard. I mean, this was this was the the management company that Freddie Mercury actually had to go to them hat in hand uh, after producing a you know on Queen two producing a a, a top ten hit and then with uh, with Flick of the Wrist and. Uh, Killer Queen, a a number two hit, and he had to go hat in hand and ask for an advance so he could buy a piano for his flat. Can you imagine being a recording artist, having your your albums, your records doing so well, and having to say, oh, uh, please, sir, can I have a money for a piano? Bit so of biscuits, sir. Yeah, some more. Yeah, just so I can make more music for you, sir. To make you money. Yeah, make uh, Peace. Now, this was one of the ones where uh, uh, Brian May was in the hospital during uh, the writing and most of the recording of the song. And when he returned from the hospital, he hadn't heard the song before recording his backing vocals or his solo. So that's one of the things you just, you know, they just go, okay, right, so, you know, play it, play it in the key of, and here's your vocals. And May went off of that to record the guitar solo and, and to do his backing vocals. I mean, talk about the brains on these guys. It's amazing. And then the final song of the trilogy, Lily of the Valley, uh, written by Freddie Mercury. It, it wasn't a single per se. It was a B-side. Uh, it happens to be uh, uh, Rami Malek, the uh, Freddie Mercury of the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, happens to be one of Malek's favorite Queen songs. Uh, it was also a B-side for uh, the uh, next single that they released, Now I'm Here, and uh, was on the Keep Yourself Alive reissue here in the United States. Now, this entire trilogy of music was covered by the progressive rock, progressive metal band Dream Theater on their album Black Clouds and Silver Linings. Uh, I listened to it on my way up to the show, and I have to say... Um, I, I'm very fond of Dream Theater. It's uh, my favorite progressive metal band in, in existence. Uh, and you know, James Labrie and his vocals, his vocals are so clean and so sharp. It, it's almost disconcerting because of how... It's not that Queen's vocals weren't clean and sharp, but I mean, we're talking about he went... Uh, Labrie went through the whole... Or I pronounce every T, I pronounce every K. You can make out every single, every single word clearly whereas you know doing research on the album and, and listening to things on youtube while i'm writing up the the, the run sheet for the show and you know the, i get lyrics feeds and by the way that. the run sheet is like 19 pages long just so yeah, you this, guys this, 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 <laughs> a lot of notes this this, this one wasn't short <laughs> it's not i was like uh i'm just gonna wing it <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I, mean, I mean it's it's good to have someone you know keeping it live and i fresh. just i just jump in and play music and stuff well, yeah, I, I appreciate you jumping because otherwise it just sounds like I'm reading things. Sometimes it does. It does, and it, it's terrible for the show. And then show. we get then we get people texting in, tell Nigel to quit reading. Right, yeah. right. And, well, that and, actually happens. <laughs> and, and, and then uh, I reply back with, no, just because Freddie didn't like to read, it doesn't mean that I shouldn't. Look, sometimes <laughs> we need to fly by the seat of our pants, Nigel. I mean, I there's just, so much great Queen music that we want to play and, and listen to and share with fans. Who Look, <clears throat> I will be honest, 100% honest, before... The movie came out like I mean the Queen albums I owned, Grace Hits One, Grace Hits Two, Grace Hits Three. All right, and I love all the songs on there. Mm-hmm. So uh, doing this podcast and investigating in uh, is songs and hearing songs I've never really listened to before is a cool deal, and I think that's, that the other people are going to find it cool as well. Uh, so look, man, it, there's all kinds of good stuff. So we like to keep it fresh, have fun, uh, and if you're listening out there, hey, we have a text line. You know, people could text in during our show. I didn't know. Did you know that? Yeah. No, no. 
469-355-0362. You know, we're going to... We're going to use that because we're going to be giving copies of the movie away when it comes out. Yes, we're going to give copies of the movie away when when the physical movie... Because I, 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 I just... I just The first time I've done this, I just pre-ordered the digital version of Bohemian Rhapsody because it drops tomorrow digitally. So, you know, I got I got that already. Yeah, my kids are going to hit me up for it, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or they're just Especially gonna if it. they listen to the show. Or they're yeah. just going to get it and go, oh, oops. Oops. Dad, never mind these, this, this $20. That right, you, never mind that. <coughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the mirror. Uh, so, uh, no, that's Michael Or Jackson. the man behind the piano. Man behind, yes, yeah. There we go. So, we're going to go ahead and go to the next single off of the album. Uh, here is Brian May's Now I'm Here. Here I stand Just 
Mitchell. That is called Now I'm Here. And you know it's very reminiscent of some old guitar licks of the Beatles. That last, the last that you know, they with, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, with yeah. The, the last part of it there with the with the guitar licks and the and the well, harmonies makes, and stuff it sounds a lot like some of the Beatles stuff from back well, in the day. It, may, it makes it makes perfect sense. Brian May was a huge Beatles fan. Well, because uh, the Beatles were awesome. Well, absolutely, the Beatles were awesome. The Beatles were awesome. Elvis Presley was awesome. I know. I hate uh, when people Jimmy go Hendrix. Elvis or Beatles, and I'm I, like, why do I have to choose between? No, uh, no, like, no, that's like saying, hey. There's no, there's no pizza re- or cheeseburgers. Yes. They're both really good. Yeah, <laughs> Why yeah. am I choosing? I don't know. So uh, now I'm here was a single charted at number eleven in the UK charts. Uh, made uh, Brian May wrote this when he was hospitalized. So while while he's laid up with either hepatitis or uh, or, or his ulcer, he wrote this music. Uh, it also draws from uh, May's favorite experiences on the Queen uh, U.S. tour with Mark the Hoople. As you can tell from uh, uh, lines down in the city, just Hoople and me. Uh, number 33 in Q Magazine's uh, 100 Greatest Guitar Tracks. And I've got a quote from Freddie Mercury that I found. Uh, is asking about uh, uh, now I'm here. Freddie said, uh, that was nice. That was a Brian May thing. We, re- we released it after Killer Queen, and it's a total contrast, just a total contrast. It was just to show people that we can still do rock and roll. We haven't forgotten our rock and roll roots. It's nice to do on stage. I enjoyed doing that on stage. Freddie Mercury. It was cool. I feel like I feel like Freddie Mercury was so far before his time that it brought in an era of music that really, you know, like Elvis. Elvis was changed the landscape of the world absolutely as far as entertainment goes. I mean, there's there was nothing like him before. Absolutely, yeah. and honestly, there was there's been nothing like him since. Mm-hmm. Um, but as bands like Queen, I mean, the way they do their music, the way they, they put it all together, the way they have their vision and they go, we're going to do it this way, whether you like it or not, pretty much is what they told oh, them. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to do this. And if you don't like it, somebody will. Yeah. The, the, um, I mean, the entire landscape of, of, of their uh, of their overall musical interaction with the media, with I mean, the only people who believed in Queen, if you pay attention to the media and the critics historically, the only people who believed in Queen was the fans. Oh right? yeah, I mean, I mean, those of you who've seen the Bohemian Rhapsody movie know what I'm talking about. Is when uh, when the the reviews for Bohemian Rhapsody come in and they're showing what the reviews are. I mean, you know, I think one of the reviews was perfectly adequate, perfectly adequate. Now, one of the greatest magnum opuses written for modern music, to this day even, and some reviewer had the nerve to say it was perfectly adequate. I mean, perfectly it's, adequate. It's, well, what do you think of the Ode to Joy? Oh, I thought the Ode to Joy was perfectly adequate. Perfectly adequate. Just absolutely lunacy. And like the pompous jackass yeah. Yeah. voice, yeah. yeah. Perfectly adequate. Mm-hmm. Really <laughs> so, uh, well, that was it for side A. Uh, we're going to go on to side B now. And this track is uh, actually one of the ones that when I was first listening to the album, uh, and Sheer Heart Attack is probably one of my favorite albums. Definitely one of my, it definitely may even be my favorite album of the first uh, first five years of Queen. I think it actually beats out Night at the Opera, believe it or not. Uh, but I, I know it's such a hard thing to say, but uh, this was one of those tracks that when I heard it, 
my ears pricked up and I was like, excuse me, hello, what's this? Uh, and this is Lap of the Gods, written by Freddie Mercury, never released as a single. Uh, it featured uh, the multiple vocal overdubs that uh, included Freddie Mercury and Roger Taylor. It also contains the highest notes hit on the album, uh, which was sung by, believe it or not, Roger Taylor at the beginning of the song. If he sings any higher, dogs are going to hear him. Uh, I think dogs heard him in this one. So let's go ahead and listen to In the Lap of the Gods. <laughs>
Crazy, preceded by Lap of the Gods. Stone Cold Crazy is the first song in Queen's discography to be written collectively by Queen. Never released as a single, uh, but it was the earliest track that Queen would perform live of, of their original music. No one in the band could actually remember who had written all the lyrics, because if you remember from previous, uh, uh, the, the uh, if you remember from the first show, uh, Queen, based off... Who was uh, who was giving credit for writing the song uh, by who wrote the lyrics? And since they couldn't remember who had written all the lyrics, they just credited the song to Queen. Although Freddie had originally performed the song with his uh, original band Wreckage, his pre-Queen band. Uh, Q Magazine described Stone Cold Crazy as thrash metal before the term was invented. Uh, it's been remixed several times, notably remixed by Trent Reznor, uh, and uh, it, it added a, a heavier industrial metal sound uh, vis-a-vis and Nine Inch Nails and was intended for the cancelled Basic Queen bootlegs from Hollywood Records. The song was also covered uh, by uh, Metallica and that's actually where it's gotten a lot of its modern fame uh, and it was uh, for the uh, Rubiot Electra's 40th anniversary Electra Records when they turned 40 they had current Electra artists cover uh, old Electra artists and uh, Metallica opted to do Stone Cold Crazy. Metallica's it- actually covered quite a few band songs including Stone Cold Crazy. They also uh, of course you see the uh, one of my all-time favorite songs is Turn the Page by Bob Seger. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably because it's my real dad. His, one of his favorite songs of all time is Turn the Page. And then I became a musician and uh, it really resonates with guys like you and I who yeah. are in the wrestling business or on music business on the road a lot. It, it really resonates. Especially when um, I had long hair it resonated. Well, it's, it just echoed off all the hair. Really, it resonated, just echoed off all the <laughs> hair. Uh, but by the way, my girls said today, they love your hair like this better. 
So just so you get the thumbs up. But yeah, Metallica they 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 know good music. Absolutely, and they, but, they've covered really good stuff. But but the uh, the thing that made it really pop to the forefront was the fact that they uh, they included Stone Cold Stone Cold Crazy on the B side for the Into the Sandman single, which was their first huge commercial success. So here they had their their first huge com- commercial success with Enter the Sandman on the Black album, uh, and uh, they they B sided that with Stone Cold Crazy probably one of the best covers that uh, they've got on uh, their Garage Inc. album. Although they've got a lot of good covers on that album. By the way, you can text into the show, what is your favorite Queen tune? If you're in the United States, it's one two one four four. Uh, sorry, one four six nine three five five. 0362. That's 14693. Or if you're on a cell, you don't even have to put the one, just 469-355-0362. If you're outside of the United States of America, whether you're in Ireland, uh, the UK, Canada, however India. that works, India, however that works, it's 011-1469-355-0362. Uh, and you can text us your favorite Queen song, comes up right here at our broadcast studio. Uh, not, not just your favorite Queen song, but if if you've got anything you want to share with us, I mean, you know, Queen this, experiences, yeah, yeah. This 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 show is, I mean, it, as of right now, it, it's sharing the albums with uh, fans and with people who haven't heard the albums. We've listened to, you know, you listen to the greatest hits, you've listened to the classics. Uh, but as Will was saying when he was talking about the fact that you know being a part of this has opened him up to more of Queen's music, that's the whole purpose of this. Uh, we're going to cover every single album that Queen has released as a studio album uh, maybe cover a couple of live albums I th- I'm thinking uh, 79's Live Killers and 86's uh, 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 Live Magic Tour uh, we're going to go ahead and deal with uh, or, or listen to uh, the Queen plus Paul Rogers album we're going to listen to all of the solo work from Freddie Mercury, Roger Taylor, Brian May, even Roger's uh, solo band, The Cross. Uh, and, you know, we've got several little bits and bobs. Uh, oh, yeah, and we're going to listen to uh, Ghost. Uh, not Ghost. Uh, Ghost is a wholly different band. We're going to listen to Smile, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, I guess, bootleg, the EP uh, that uh, appeared probably about a decade ago called Ghost of a Smile, hence my mistaking it for that very interesting uh uh, heavy metal band Ghost, uh, but uh, we're, now we're going to play uh, uh, a double shot of uh, probably the the more poignant songs on this album. So dear friends, your love is gone. Only tears to dwell upon. I dare not say as the wind must blow So a love is lost, a love is won Go to sleep and dream again Soon your hopes will rise from all this gloom, life can start anew, and there'll be no crying soon. Ooh. 
Dear Friends was written by Freddie Mercury and it was added to the US version of George Michael's Five Live EP. That was the EP that he did uh, where he, he donated the proceeds of that album to uh, the Mercury Phoenix Trust Fund uh, to or trust so that uh, help uh, help with AIDS research and battling AIDS across the world. Uh, it contained uh, uh, three live tracks uh, of his and then uh, two of the live tracks that he had performed at the Freddie Mercury Concert for Life. Uh, uh, 39 and uh, Somebody to Love. Or maybe it was three from the Concert of Love because uh, I think he had uh, I Want to Break Free in there that he did with, uh, I want to say he sang it with Lisa Stansfield. Which is Rainey's favorite video, by the way. It is a great video. It is a great video. It is a great video. It was and terrible. The fact that it got banned at got, the time. Got banned, got banned in the United States. And it wasn't even, I mean, it wasn't even the worst of their videos. It really wasn't. But I think in, in today's society, in 2019, it'd probably be the, they'd win video of the year. Yeah, well, absolutely. Win. Yeah. Well, and and people would be suddenly very uncomfortable about how fetching Roger Taylor looked, because I mean, for there's a moment where you sit there going, "Who is this strumpet? Hell, whoa, that's Roger! Oh God, that's Roger!" Ah, crap. Yeah. So, but um, <laughs> and that's when you're like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh. yeah, about those Chiefs last night." Just, yeah, game is good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, Dear Friends was also covered by Def, Le- uh, Def Leppard on their cover album, Yeah, and that was a part of their Walmart bonus EP. I uh, love Def Leppard, by the way. Great band, great band. But uh, the uh, second track, Misfire, is John Deacon's debut as a songwriter for Queen. Uh, and he uh, he wrote uh, uh, he wrote the song, never made it to a single, but uh, it was his first individual com- uh, composition for Queen. And he also played most of the guitars on that. So We probably didn't make it to single because it's a minute and 50 seconds. But it's fun. It's it, fun. Is a, it is a it's fun, fun song. It's I'm just saying. Like, so as a, as a radio guy, right, as a music director and program director in my recent past, uh, there's a there's a time window. Right. right no, I, I, I fully get it. Two minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, two, two and a half is short, but if it's a really good song, we'll play it. But you don't want to go past 359. You don't want to go over four minutes. What do you mean, Ramsey? Right. I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand. But if it's a good song and it's longer than that, I will play it. But it has to be a really good song. Obviously, Bohemian Rhapsody falls into the uh, great song category. Absolutely does. Absolutely does. So let's go ahead and go to the next track. It is. uh, Look, when I read the title of this and then I heard it and I was like, wait a minute, because all I wanted to be is like, bad, bad, Leroy Brown, the baddest man, you know, some Jim Croce and stuff. And I hate the fact that I know like literally the Jim Croce greatest hits. It makes me feel really old. But this one actually kind of shocked me. If you've never heard it, 
you're in for a treat. Bring back, bring back, bring back that Leroy Brown. Bring back, bring back, gotta bring that Leroy Brown. Bet your bottom dollar bill you're a playboy. Daddy cool with a $90 smile. Took my money out of gratitude and he get right out of town. So, I wonder was Bad Bad Leroy Brown by Jim Croce come before or after this song? It came before. As a matter of fact, according to what I found during uh, r- during the research on the uh, the album and the song, uh, Freddie Mercury specifically alluded the song to Bad Bad Leroy Brown by Jim Croce. There we go. So there so you have it. That's why I got a good why I got stuck in my head when we saw you. Okay. So we, we and Brian May on this plays ukulele banjo. Uh, during uh, during that little uh, uh, bass solo we get in the middle of the song there, and we've got John Deacon on double bass. Mercury's playing a jangle piano and the grand. And uh, Roger Taylor, according to Drum Magazine, really shows off his versatility by being able to play all of all of the the, the, the percussion accompaniment in this song. So it really a rather incredible piece. Uh, and uh, when we get to the bonus disc, uh, uh, the, the remaster bonus disc, we've got a real treat for you uh, because there's something that just kind of blows you away uh, later on. But now we're going to go to... Uh, I always say this on, on just about every single album. This is probably my favorite Brian May composition on this album. And that is uh, this next one up. Take a listen to She Makes Me
the breathing heavy was the music, not Nigel Rabbit. <laughs> Although I, I have to be honest, I was doing it with Brian. <clears throat> he was, but yeah, I just want you guys so, to know that it was. Uh, yeah. Hey, it's, so that is "She Makes Me" Stormtrooper in Stilettos, written by Brian May, uh, and as tends to be when it when it ends up being a song uh, a song that I say is one of my favorite Brian May compositions on the album, or could very well be my very favorite Brian May composition on the album. Brian usually sings. Uh, you know, he's he, he did it with uh, uh, he did it with uh, uh, um, was it um, White Queen as it began, uh, and as we listen to some of the other albums, you'll you'll start to see that pattern uh, forming. Um, now the interesting thing is uh, the the finale, all of the the sirens and whatnot. Uh, Brian May had described it as New York nightmare sounds for the closing of the song and uh incidentally uh in my youth when i was uh tooling around in my 1975 volkswagen super beetle that i had a cd player installed into uh i would listen to uh the uh uh, the Sheer Heart Attack album. I feel like that would be a really rough ride for a CD player. It was a, you know, the, it was an amazing CD player. Um, <laughs> because like zero skips in a Volkswagen Super Beetle. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. It was a great, great car. I miss it to this day. But uh, every time that I played She Makes Me, Stormtrooper and Stilettos, I had to check the rearview mirror to make sure that I wasn't uh, being pulled over because of the sirens in the background. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go now to the closing song of the album. Uh, this is going to sound a, a bit familiar, but at the same time not. Uh, let's just go right ahead with the track. It's so easy, but I can't do it. So risky, but I got a chance it. So funny, there's nothing to laugh about. My money, that's all you want to talk about.
Freddie Mercury. No, it was never uh, written as a or never released as a signal single. It was actually written to be an audience participation piece, kind of like uh, We Are the Champions became uh, after it got very popular. And we will rock you. And we will rock you. Uh, but it was it was designed to get the audience singing along with them. Uh, and uh, it was added to the Magic Tour in '86. Uh, after, uh, after, of course, it was it was involved in the Sheer Heart Attack uh, uh, tour, but uh, it fell off after a bit, uh, and it got added as a part of a medley that uh, segues into Seven Seas of Rye. So that's it for the actual Sheer Heart Attack album. But as we've been doing on every single show, and ooh, we're gonna run over for so for those of you who. Um, those of you who were planning on on cutting us off at uh, eight thirty, we're sorry. Uh, Will and I get Will and I get chatty. He mentioned something about uh, the Texas goodbye. We're both very very yeah, the adept south, at yeah it. the southern, southern goodbyes. goodbyes yeah southern, southern goodbyes. goodbye. We're very adept at it, and so we just kind of southern goodbye just about everything. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to go into uh, uh, the uh, twenty eleven remaster. See, in uh, in nineteen ninety one, they released uh, remasters on Hollywood Records, uh, which uh, introduced a, a number of uh, little. You know, remixes or b-side tracks uh when they released uh, the deluxe editions and the 2011 remasters they decided to up the ante and so they gave us an ep that contained additional music so we're going to go ahead and uh, start off we're going to listen to uh live from hammersmith odeon uh december 1975 so i was about a month old when this played yeah i was about 16 months old yeah so uh we're going to listen to brian may's now i'm here live here I stand, here I stand Looks around, 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 around But you won't see me, but you won't see me
That was Now I'm Here live at Hammersmith Thank Hammer you, everybody, Odeon. and good night, Hammersmith! <laughs> now, it, for, for those of you who are, or the, most of you are listening to us on the internet, so if you decide to look this track up on uh, YouTube, you will find that there was uh, some, some chicanery going on. You'd see that the stage would be dark, and then it'd light up, and you'd see Freddie on one side. What's chicanery? Uh, some some foolishness, some lying, some some cheating, some magic stuff. Ma- magic. Magic. Ooh, okay. Some magic. It's a kind of magic. It is a kind of magic. That's a, that's a few shows away. That would have been your actual answer. <laughs> what is chicanery? A kind it's of a magic. kind of magic. <clears throat> Yeah, all Save of this that for next week. All, we'll do all, it again. All, all of this is all of this is uh, 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 planned out. We we plan everything, everything that we say. We do. <clears throat> no, no, uh, <laughs> not at all. But uh, uh, part of the reason why Mercury loved doing or enjoyed doing now I'm here is because uh, they'd have the stage dark. Freddie would be on one side of the stage. The spots would hit him. He'd be in those that that shimmery, uh, uh, winged. Uh, stage costume. He'd sing it. He'd sing his bit. The lights go dark. Uh, the lights pop up again on another part of the stage that Freddie would have no time to get from here to there. And there would be Freddie again with a microphone, seemingly to be singing. And it was a stagehand dressed as uh, uh, dressed as Freddie Mercury. And Freddie'd just be continuing singing on the uh, the microphone the whole time. It was a lovely bit of sleight of hand, right there, and it made it seem like he appeared from one side to the other. <laughs> it it was the it was the prestige before the prestige was a film nice. right there good yeah. movie though yeah absolutely but without the benefit of David Bowie as uh, uh, Nikolai Tesla so yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> anyway so we're gonna go on uh, I think we'll we'll um, we'll double shot this next one. This is uh, the BBC Sessions. Uh, those of you who've been uh, listening to the previous shows or want to go back and listen to uh, the previous shows on uh, your various podcasting available applications, you can do so. But this is uh, from the BBC Session recordings that Queen did, uh, available on CD uh, at Queen at the Beeb, and then in 2016 released as the Queen on Air. Uh, actually, we're... Uh, we got the idea for our Twitter name, ATQM underscore on air. I lift things directly, directly from Queen. I am literally waiting for a cease and desist any day now. Hey, and if you want to pick these up on CDs or vinyl, go by and see our friend Bill. And Bill's records and tapes at 1317 South Lamar Street Absolutely. in Dallas. Or give him a call and see if he has them in stock. He'll put them to the side for you, 214-421-1500. See how that works? Yes, and brilliant, brilliantly done. And I will say, if you're if you're not from if you're not from the DMW area, if you're listening from outside and you're deciding to come to visit to visit DMW, it, it's like going to Bill's is, is it's something that you need to do. As it's a, a rite of passage in DFW if you like music. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I can't tell you how many of my my CDs. I mean, I mentioned some of the vinyls and, and CDs that I picked up, but I can't tell you actually how many of my CDs I actually got from Bill at Bill's uh, Bill's Records and Tapes. Uh, so, you know, go visit. As a matter of fact, um, our friend Bill has a documentary out there uh, on YouTube and Vimeo. Uh, look up uh, Bill's Records. I, I tweeted it out on the uh, uh, on the uh, ATQM underscore on air uh, Twitter the other day. Uh, take a look at it. It's he's he's an incredible. Been doing this for forty seven years. He's about to turn seventy five in April. Uh, may actually go to his birthday party since they're doing it out at the Lizard Lounge. Uh, nice uh, on I think it's April the thirteenth. So very nice. Yeah, but we're gonna go ahead and listen to uh, the BBC sessions for Flick of the Wrist and Tenement Funster next. Thank you. 
spine if you don't sign He says, I'll have you see it double
sessions of flick of the wrist and tenement funcionary well I've, I've mentioned this I think now you've probably heard it a dozen times I, I really do enjoy the BBC sessions because it forced Queen to do something different music musically with uh, their recordings because they didn't have the number of tracks that they had available to them in regular studios because the BBC had something like four to eight tracks that they could record on that's what I use <laughs> and that's and I mean there's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that but it, it was what the BBC you know I mean we're talking the British Broadcasting Company British Broadcasting Company went uh, yeah we've only got you know, four to eight tracks for you mates uh, so you know Queen used to you know sixteen to twenty four you know so there's a lot of you know oh we have to pare down <laughs> so yeah it's always or combined they you know that's what kind of what we've done before in the studio is you combine yeah uh combine okay so we're gonna put you know this on one channel so we're gonna have the guitar and the bass player based on one channel which is actually kind of difficult we wouldn't do that because the bass is actually the bass and the drums go together and right. then the guitar is out front but you know you get what i'm saying you put right, the yeah. drums and the bass you, all on you, one you channel. put it all together and, but yeah. i mean with the sheer amount of uh of uh uh, vocal harmonizing and, and overlays and that Queen is used to doing. Um, oof. Uh, apparently, we got mail. Yeah. Uh, I was like, why is my mail open? That was weird. <laughs> uh, so, next up is um, uh, what we mentioned uh, earlier in the show that we've got something uh, special for you when we get to the bonus disc for Bring Back Leroy Brown. Uh, we're going to play for you what is labeled as a acapella mix for Bring Back Leroy Brown. Bring back, bring back, bring back that Leroy Brown. Yeah. Bring back, bring back, gotta bring that Leroy Brown back. Bet your bottom dollar bill you're a playboy. Yeah, yeah. Daddy cool with a ninety dollar smile. Ooh, 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 yeah. Take my money out of gratitude and you get right out of town. Well. Get up, steady up, shoot him down. Gotta hit that latitude, babe. Bring back, bring back, bring back. Leroy Brown. Yeah. Bring back, bring back. Gotta bring that Leroy Brown. Back. Big bad Leroy Brown, he got no common sense. No, no. He got no brains, but he sure got a lot of style. Can't stand no more in this here jail. I gotta rid myself of this sentence. Gotta get out the heat, step into the shade. They gotta get me that dead or alive. Babe. Brown, bring back, bring back, gotta bring that Leroy Brown back. Big Mama Lulu Bell, she had a nervous breakdown. She had a nervous breakdown. Leroy taking her honey child away, Wait. but she made him down. 
station Put a shotgun to his head And unless I be mistaken This is what she said Big bad, big boy, big bad Leroy Brown I'm gonna get that cutie pie Bring back, bring back, bring back that Leroy Brown. Yeah. Big bad caused a mighty fine sensation. Yeah, yeah. Got, got himself elected president. We want Leroy for president. Next time. You gotta hit a bit of any weather. This time. Like a Jimmy Chevy leather. He's a big boy, bad boy, Leroy. Look at where you get him from. Back. Back. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> oh, Nigel and I, like, I swear we're both like, hey, I want to do the Charleston here. Sounds like it literally I, does sound like that type of music, though. Well, yeah, well, it's ragtime. That's that, that was the thing that made the that's what the thing that made so much of this this album, because this album really was the the gateway to uh, other the, the other. Hey, let's go ahead and be eclectic and let's do things that people don't expect. Um, you know, the, the very next album, Night at the Opera. I mean, people people know Night of the Opera because of Bohemian Rhapsody. You're my best friend. Uh, some people realize that uh, that, that you've got uh, uh, love of my life coming off of this. Uh, this is where uh, you know Will 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 remember from uh, the beginning of my independent professional wrestling days. Uh, he, he will remember that this is where uh, the the track that I used to come to the ring to uh, Brian May's performance of God Save the Queen came right. from. But People don't realize that you've got, you know, things like uh, Seaside Rendezvous. You've got things like uh, 39, which was the, the the first, I don't know how to describe it. it. It's not it's not really an acoustic, but it feels like an acoustic. It led to the acoustic sets, uh, but it was the, the, the first acoustic feeling science fiction song I've ever heard in popular music uh, and then you had you know things like you know the ukulele song good company you had sweet lady you had the beautiful round the prophet song uh, and here i am this is all the next show folks i don't know why i'm getting so excited about <laughs> yeah like what said, are you talking about <clears throat> right it, it, but but this album sheer heart attack opened the door for the eclectic uh performances that came out of uh, a night at the opera uh, and and really open the door for the the rest of for, for queens just kind of go ah, we want to do it this way uh, no, you can't. You can't do that. This is a rock and roll or a pop rock album. People, Queen, be like, ah, piss off. We're gonna do it our way. We're gonna do it. The, we're gonna do what we want to do. Uh, and and I don't like it. I won't do it. <laughs> right. Whatever he said. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, we had mentioned uh, uh, when we were talking about the uh, last track of the last uh, uh, of the, uh, uh, the last track of the B side. We're talking about uh, in the lap of the gods revisited, having been performed live at Wembley Stadium for the uh, live Magic concert. And uh, lo and behold, we have that for you right now.
I think the most exciting part about listening to that is the fact that I know when we get to uh, the, the live magic concert album that we're going to hear, hear that medley in its entirety. <laughs> I think that's the thing I'm most excited about is hearing it go from Lap of the Gods into Seven Seas of Rye as if they were supposed to always have gone together. It's craziness. It's good stuff. I, I Look, if you're out there listening for the first time, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thank Make you so sure much you tune for tuning in us. every Monday, seven o'clock, right here on TrueTexasRadio.com, and that, we'll have it. It'll be on our podcast by the yeah. Like literally, it takes about twenty minutes before it gets up to the podcast right for the show. And how do we find it on the podcast? Will? Uh, all you do is uh, hit the podcast button on your uh, iTunes iPhone. It has a podcast button. You just hit podcast and then search uh, True Texas Radio. It doesn't have to have the KF and Y in front of it. Just True, start True, True, True Texas, Texas Radio and then you'll see all the Queens Men uh, episodes one and two and after tonight you'll have episode three. And oh, and don't, don't forget our Christmas teaser. And the Christmas teaser was before that. So that was the uh, little short. Uh, a little 30 uh, minutes. little 30 minute one we did uh, to get everybody you know excited for what we were doing. And of course next week uh, it's going to be a night at the opera as we go in order, in succession, one after the other, how they release least them is how we will review them so and it's very exciting dude and you know we're we're always looking for feedback from our fans uh, or, or i guess really it's not even a matter of our fans from queen fans uh because all we are are our messengers um you know we're we're sharing the good news um boy it's starting to sound like the church of mercury uh long may she reign absolutely uh, and we want look here's what we want to do we want you to know that there are people that help make this possible each and every week number one uh, obviously bills records and tapes 1317 south lamar in dallas texas 214-421-1500 is his number give him a shout if you're looking for records you're looking for vinyl i bet there's probably cassette tapes in there somewhere actually Maybe even eight tracks not not just not just cassette tapes uh but an amazing amount of uh post Posters, concert posters, uh, books. I mean, it's it. And one of the things when I was talking to Bill, one of the things that Bill told me is that the, what he's got currently in this iteration of his shop isn't even. I think he said not even half of what he's actually got in storage. He's got so much in storage, uh, you know. It, it, and uh, it, Bill is Bill has been a long time uh, a long time acquaintance of mine, and and you know, just. I, I, I can't I can't give the man enough props. He's been doing this for uh, forty seven years. About to celebrate his seventy fifth birth, birthday. Started off started off selling in in uh, was it uh, like a like a Vicon village a little bit and then a little bazaar a little bizarre deal, shop yeah. and and grew into one of the greatest record stores in the DFW Metroplex or the Southwest actually. Yeah, I mean yeah. people I, would drive from all over to go there. Not not only that, you know, one of the things I found out is is talking with him. One of the things he told me is that one day at the old shop, Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin called him up and said, hey, is this Bill? And yes, is Bill. Well, this is Sarah McLaughlin. Would you mind if I came to to the uh, store and just serenaded you for a little bit? She showed up and sang, sang six songs for him, just sitting right there. You know, just perform for him. And this was during her uh, fumbling towards ecstasy. So at, at the real peak of... of her her popularity real when people are like oh my god for Sarah McLaughlin she's amazing uh, which she is um, I'm very fond of Sarah McLaughlin uh, but uh, I, I the only thing I don't like about Sarah McLaughlin is the sad commercial I'm gonna tell you this Rainy my oldest daughter if the SPCA commercial comes on with her singing dude it's immediate waterworks like there is no no like oh this is kind of sad it's immediate boom she oh, is crying yeah no it's a- absolutely absolutely now uh want to remind everyone that uh you can 
Text us uh, uh, during the broadcast. I actually think, correct me if I'm wrong, Will, they can text us at any time. Anytime. Anytime. If I'm not in the studio, it will come to my phone. All right. So uh, you can reach us uh, if you're stateside. It's uh, 469-355-0362. Uh, if you are anywhere outside the United States, it's uh, country code 011-1469-355-0362. And our text line brought to you as well as our studios by our good friends at Young ideas tv if you're looking for uh to change if you don't like your cable provider if you don't like direct tv definitely call young ideas tv it's 183 the number four dish tv they'll get you uh squared away and if you can't get the dish with them they also offer air tv ask them about that it's really cool uh inventions it's much along the lines of an amazon fire stick but oh, nice. uh with the ability to get your local channels without having to pay for them which oh. is good yeah no that's very nice and young ideas definitely i mean we're right here in the young ideas studio we so are that's definitely a big help from young ideas uh you can find us on twitter at, at atqm underscore on air if you'd like to email us you can email us at atm or atqm on air at gmail.com uh let's see oh you yeah uh you can join us on uh periscope uh we we set up a periscope so that you can kind of see behind the scenes here in the studio uh want to shout out to uh april showers 1981 thank you so much april for joining us we really do appreciate it uh tell all your friends uh a th- a special thanks this week to uh the uh, was it uh oic oh, wait hang on <laughs> it's just like you had to do is it the official international codes oiqfc the official international queen fan club uh, for uh, sharing out some of our posts this week and getting more queen fans uh, alerted to the fact that uh, atqm underscore on air is uh, is sharing the love of queen with as many people as we can we're going to be sharing out every single album that queen has released from the studio not to mention every solo album that we can get our grubby little paws on uh, and including the cross which happens to be a personal favorite of mine uh, yeah, Dr. May, Roger, Deaky, we love you. Freddy, I know you can hear us because you're everywhere with us. Uh, so, uh, oh, yeah, you can find uh, myself on the Twitter at, uh, at Nigel Rabbit. And I'm uh, the Will Riggs with one L. Will is only one L. Two G's. Two, one L, two G's. <laughs> we used to say that all the time. It's one L, two G's. Uh, the Will Riggs. And I'll, I'll tweet it out and we'll actually tweet all the, uh, all the stuff out here for the. Uh, for the podcast here shortly right and we and, and of course we can't forget our, our absent uh our, our absent uh, uh five star phil a five star phil mate not more iris less english uh, uh but you can whatever find five star phil on twitter at, at five f-i-v-e star phil one uh and of course we're always and looking. tweet at him he look he nobody tweets at five star phil so please do me a favor april showers Tweet at Five Star Phil. Okay, tweet at him saying, "Hey, we missed you tonight on the show." Absolutely, it'll make him feel better. Yeah, and let him know he's loved because he is loved. It with, we honestly without Phil, we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have started this show because I just didn't want to spend the whole time talking. I always find I'm boring. That's my opinion. You're not boring. You're very British broadcast company BBC the BBC BBC America man Elvis Presley joins the BBC hey man dang oh come on here I'll do some queen man uh, like ding, that, ding, boy. that boy's good man uh-huh. thank you very much <laughs>
Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Nigel Rabb, and this is Will Riggs. Thank you so much for joining us for All the Queen's Men. Next week, we're going to go ahead and be doing a night at the opera, the uh, magnum opus of the first half decade of Queen. And we're going to play you out right here with, uh, we had talked about it earlier, the five seconds of summer. Yes, five seconds of summer. Yes, that boy band, quote unquote. It's not a boy band. They play their own instruments. Okay. And their rendition (laughs) of Killer Queen. We'll see you guys next week. Keeps a boy a chandel in a pretty cabinet. Let them eat cake, she says. Just like Mary Antoinette, a bit of remedy for Crash Coffin Kennedy. Anytime an invitation you can't She never kept the same address In conversation She spoke just like a baroness Met a man from China Went down the Gation Then again, incidentally If you better Because she couldn't get less was She's a